but I, I believe that that's how it ought to be uh, many times. That we should always have a song in our heart. Amen. A song of worship and a song of praise to the Lord for all that he's done. Amen. I am excited to be in the house of the Lord on Wednesday night. Amen. I'm thankful for another opportunity to be in God's house. Amen. I want to turn your attention to the book of Isaiah chapter 61 and verse number 1. And we're going to read through this uh, here tonight. And uh, thank you all for coming out to the house of God. Amen. When I know that the temptation is always there. Amen. The temptation is always there on midweek service to stay home. Amen. I know you feel it many times. Start getting text messages on Wednesday nights and people are iffy. And you know what? It's just count on it. Every time Wednesday comes or Sunday morning comes, there's going to be a reason to stay home. <laughs> if you're looking for one, there's plenty you're going to find. Amen. But uh, as uh, I believe it was a psalmist, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 61 and verse number one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And if you would skip over, not right now, but if you do skip over in your Bible to the Gospels, this is the same passage of scripture that the Lord Jesus reads. Amen. As he sits, uh, as he goes into the temple and the book is open to him and he fulfills this scripture in their in their hearing. And he reads the exact words that is found in Isaiah chapter 61, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. Uh, but there's a line in that passage of scripture in Isaiah 61 that says to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion and to give unto them beauty for ashes. Amen. What a trade that we can that we make when we come to God. Beauty for ashes. And for a few moments, I'm just going to talk tonight and hopefully bear my heart about this topic. Serving God is beautiful. Serving God is beautiful. Amen. I don't have great revelations to share with you today. Uh, I don't have anything uh, profound, if you will, but uh, that topic is resonating in my heart tonight. That serving God is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm going to start out with the lyrics there because that actually is the name of a song that was written some years ago uh, by, I believe it was a sister, Rhonda Hurst. But before she was a Hearst and uh, the title of her song is Serving God is Beautiful. And I've mentioned this song before, uh, but the, the lyrics and the, the spirit behind this song is very powerful. 
It says, many is the time I've seen God change a life. Take a broken heart and put it back together. And when I'm asked, I look down on that night. It seems that they would say with all their might, serving God is beautiful. Serving the King of Kings. And then the songwriter says, I serve him because I love him. You see, serving God is beautiful to me. She would continue as the years go by. We've uh, we've seen the steady smile of those faithful saints who really love their Savior. And even after all the trials they went through with a twinkle in their eye, you hear them say, serving God is beautiful. I can't say I've lived for God as long as uh, some in this room tonight, but I've lived for God for, I guess you could say, since I was 12 years old when I was when I received the Holy Ghost. Uh, I was baptized in Jesus' name, I think at the age of 11 or 12, and got the Holy Ghost a year after that. Uh, I'm 37 today, so it's been about 25 years since I've been living for the Lord. Amen. I've been walking with the Lord uh, and doing my very best for 25 years now. Uh, And I have, through the years, uh, encountered the Lord in a very real way in my life. And I have found, Fapo, that serving God is beautiful. It's a wonderful thing to serve the Lord. It's something that is, uh, you you can't fully know the, the extent of it until you do it yourself. We've got some young people here today. And you can take my word for it. Serving God is the most beautiful thing in all the world. Because my mother and my father gave their hearts to God years ago. And were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. I don't have to know what it's like. Amen. To have an alcoholic father come home night after night. Having spent all of his money at the bar. And beat the kids and scream at his wife. I don't have to know what that's like. But I did experience many a time growing up living for God. And seeing my mother and father live for God. I did experience Brother Miguel seeing my mom and my dad love each other. And pray together. And love us and tell us nice things. And and sacrifice uh, what they wanted so that we could have what we needed as, as children. And I I have an appreciation for what it means to serve the Lord. Amen. It was many a times, amen, when my mother and my father could have done and gone a number of different directions that they brought me and my brothers to church Wednesday night. And back then it was Thursday night. And they came Thursday night and Sunday morning time after time. And we knew what it was like to get up on Sunday morning and get dressed up and come ready for church and be there an hour early for prayer. And and to hear my mother and my father praying and seeking God. Amen. And somewhere along the course of my life, I fell in love with him. Somewhere along the course of my life, I began to get a hold of for myself. And I began to experience God for myself, Brother Nathan. It was no longer my mother and my father's religion. It was no longer their God, but it became my God. And through the years, I've had choices. And I've been able to make decisions. I've been faced with choices. Choices to walk away from it all. Choices, amen, to go the way of the world. And choices, 
amen, that I could have made, amen, to pursue selfish ambitions and to serve selfish desires. But I fell in love with Him. I fell in love with Him. I fell in love with Him. And I have found that serving God is a beautiful thing. I remember as a young boy, my earliest memories as a young boy, my mother and father taking us, my brothers and I, to the church in San Jose. It was called Abundant Life Temple. And I remember hearing the music and seeing the people run the aisles. And I remember the experience of people uh, rushing the altar so they could witness, so they could be eyewitnesses to the miracles that were taking place. I remember the sounds, amen, throughout my growing up years of, of just being a young boy sitting on a pew, sitting on a chair, and hearing the sisters in the church, amen, begin to lift up their voices. Seeing the men of the church begin to lift up their voices. I may not know what it's like, amen, to, to visit the honky-tonk or to visit the bar or the club. I may not know what it's like to hear those sounds, but I know what it's like to hear the sounds of a mama and a father that knew how to pray and knew how to touch God. And because I saw it and I was around it and my mom and my dad brought me time after time, somewhere along the line I fell in love with it. And I began to realize through the years that serving Him is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to come to the house of God on a Wednesday night when all of my friends were at the basketball game on the basketball team that I was a part of. But I was in church. It's a beautiful thing to know that even in the midst of it all, somebody can make up in their minds, I'm going to live for Him. I'm going to serve Him with all of my heart, with all of my soul. With everything, with all that I possess. It's a beautiful thing to come to church, service after service, and hear the preacher preach, and hear the teacher teach, hear the word of God go forth. It's a beautiful thing. Because I'm in this type of environment, I ain't have to be in the other type of environment. I'm so thankful that I'm not saying this with a proud spirit, but I'm so thankful that I don't have to know what it's like to hear mom and dad fight and beat each other and, and to, to hear uh, the, the clanging of, uh, of, of beer bottles in the house. I don't have to know what that's like. I've been, I've been raised and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that, that my baby girl that is here, amen, will know what it's like to hear a father that prays and will have a father that says, I love you, baby. And God's got his hand upon your life. In case we ever forget, it's a beautiful thing to live for God. There's nothing like it in all the world. Amen. Having that relationship with him. Having a family to live for God with me. And having the church of the living God to inspire me, to give strength to me. It's a beautiful thing to serve him. I grew up hearing mom and dad pray. And, and I recognize that, that that sound. I can hear it in my ears. Amen. His mom is behind the locked door. And she's praying. And she's praying. She's praying. 
I didn't know what it was like growing up with the a television going on long hours of the night. I didn't have to grow up in that type of environment, and I'm thankful that my kids will not either. Amen. But I, but instead, amen, I heard the sound of somebody that knew how to pray. Somebody that knew how to talk to God. Instead of seeing Daddy Reed filthy magazines and a pornographic nature, I saw my dad with the Bible out, read the Bible, amen, with the lights on, and to the three hours of the night, searching the scriptures. To me, that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful life. A family that would pray together. A family that would read the Bible together. A family that would go to church together. It's a beautiful life. Living for the Lord. And even on my worst days. Even when I'm even at, when I'm at my wit's end. Even when it seems like uh, my life is a mess. Amen. The scripture says in Psalms 84. Amen. A day in thy courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Hey, if I've just got to be an usher in the church, I'm more thankful to be an usher in the church than I am to be the CEO of the Fortune 500. I just want to be in God's house. I just want to know Him. I just want to serve Him. He's everything to me. could find a place before the Lord. And I could bear my soul and I could say, God, it's been a horrible day. God, renew my mind. Renew my strength. And my worst day can become a powerful day of redemption and reconciliation because I know where my strength comes from. But all to the sinner, amen, that comes home after a bad day. And all that they know how to do is crack open a beer bottle. Amen. All that they know how to do is flick on the movie to, to, to just help them forget about pain. But I'm thankful that when I don't know what to do, I've got the word. I've got his word. And I can say, God, my, I'm going crazy. My mind's messed up. Get me back to the Word. Get me back, God, to the solid Word of God. Get me back to it. I'm thankful that I found that God can take a life that's, the Bible says, ashes, a life that's leftovers, burnt up, no use, and make something beautiful about it. I'm thankful today. I'm thankful today. Hebrews 2 and 3 talks about how should we how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. This salvation is great. It's wonderful. 
It's a privilege to know the Lord. It's a privilege to know Him. Hallelujah. The old song we sang some years ago would say, I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. I'm so glad that He saved me. And I wonder today, is there anybody in this place that feels, I'm so glad. I'm so thankful today that the Lord took me off on a trash heap of sin and put me on a solid rock. I'm so glad that He saved me. I was sinking deep in sin. I was falling fast into the miry clay of sin. I couldn't get my way out of that quicksand of sin until the Lord reached down and pulled me out. He pulled me out. He pulled me out. He pulled me out. I'm thankful that at the end of my college years, and I felt like I was backslide, Brother Miguel. I felt like I was away from home. Mom and Dad didn't know what I was doing. And I was doing stuff I shouldn't have done. And I felt like, man, God doesn't do something. I probably will never make it back home. I remember crying out, God help me somehow. And it wasn't but a few short while, a short while later that God began to sever some things off and cut off where I was living that I had to come back home and God was merciful. And God, God began to work in my life and God began to help me. And I began to see that if, I, if I'll put my trust in him, if I'll give him everything, he'll make a way for me. He'll turn everything around. And you may have to start out at the bottom of the barrel, but if you give God everything you've got, he'll take you to the top. He'll make a way. He'll provide. He'll sustain. He'll preserve you from the destruction of sin. Because the word of God teaches us that sin is destructive. Amen. Left to our own devices, we will destroy ourselves. Left to our own devices, we're lost without God. We need a Savior. We need a Savior. Oh, God, I'm so thankful today, Lord, for that saving grace. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Talking with one man some time ago who did not grow up in church, he said, my kids, they'll never know what I experienced before I came to church. They don't, they don't have any clue what I went through before I came here. I don't know the fullest extent of my mother and my father's past, and I don't want to know it all. But I'm sure they have a lot to be thankful for. I'm sure you got a lot to be thankful for before God came and rescued us. There's a whole lot. I'm so glad that he saved me. Amen. Some of us were delivered from demonic possession. Some of us Some others of us were delivered from dangerous situations, while yet others were delivered from the bondage to that they that they were in the bondage of sin. They were bound up. They they were bound up by the by the vices of sin. And the the, the flesh dictated to them what and how they would live. And they even when as a young person you might think it's cool to go out 
to a party, uh, to a dance, and to partake of some alcohol. And you might think it's cool to, to take a to take a whiff of some weed. Amen. It might start out being cool, but you do not know, amen, that that is a gateway, and that will lead you to a life of bondage. Amen. I've seen people walk in here and go and go move on them and then cry and talk in tongues. Amen. But they go out and they can't get rid of the alcoholic lifestyle because it's bondage. It may have started out as being cool in high school. It may have started out as a lot of things. Amen. But when it is finished, it brings forth death. But I'm thankful that there is a God that loves us. Sin that separated us from God. Uh, sin had uh, created that great chasm between mankind and God. In the beginning, there was Adam and Eve in the garden, and they would walk with God, they would talk with God. There was no hindrances, and there was no barriers, and they would talk to God one-on-one. And they had this relationship with God. God was not some far-off, distant God as, as we oftentimes feel, but they would walk with Him every single day in the garden, and God would talk with Adam, and Adam would talk with God. But when sin into the world, there, there was that great separation, that great chasm between mankind and divinity. Humanity and divinity. Amen. But thankful tonight. Amen. I'm thankful tonight that we can be reconciled. Amen. By his blood. Amen. I'm thankful tonight that as the scripture says, we were adopted into the family of God. And at once, amen, we were the children of the devil. Somebody said we're all children of God. That's not true. You know, the world likes to sugarcoat and say we're all children of God. But Jesus himself said, you are your father, the devil. He began to rebuke people. He began to say, you're either either, uh, submitting yourself to the will of God or to the will of the devil. You're either a child of God or you're a child of Satan. Amen. You, you either commit your life to God or by default you're committing your life to serve self, which is, amen, which is what the devil did in heaven. He wanted self over God. And when we choose self-gratification, self-aggrandizement, self-this and self-that, amen, we're doing exactly what the devil did in the beginning. We are becoming, we are submitting ourselves to his authority. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 and 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The main subject in this verse is the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. To everyone that believeth. Amen. It is the power of God unto salvation. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? What is the gospel? It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord. And what does that look like in our lives? That looks like the death is repentance. The burial is baptism in Jesus' name. And the resurrection is the infill of the Holy Ghost. It is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. And I'm thankful that he was many years ago, Sister Gina, that mom and dad came to an apostolic church and was baptized in Jesus' name. Filled with the Holy Ghost. They repented of their sins. 
the full extent of what the gospel can do in a person's life when we submit ourselves to the power of the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, there's no telling. Hallelujah, there's no telling. There is no telling. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 15 says, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Amen. The subject in that verse is the Holy Scriptures or the Word of God. Amen. That from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. And this Scripture lets us to know that it's God's Word through the preaching of the cross that makes one wise unto salvation. It still requires preaching tonight. It still requires preaching on a Wednesday night. If you want to get to heaven, if you want the wisdom that you need unto salvation, it's a preaching of the cross. It's a preaching of the Word of God. What is so beautiful you might ask about living for Jesus. We mentioned a little bit of it a moment ago. It's a beautiful thing to every day be able to go on your knees before the Lord and pray and talk to Him. It's wonderful, Papa, to have that daily walk with God and know Him. He knows me. It's a beautiful thing have a daily prayer life. So many times, I, I, I mean, I, I can only imagine really what it must be like living in this world without God. Who do you go to? Who do you talk to? Who, 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 do, you, who do you confide in? Who do you, who do you reach out to when you don't have answers, when you feel confused? What do you do when, when everything's coming against you? It's no wonder that suicide is so high in the world. It's no wonder that the world is given over to all these things because they're searching for answers. But as a child of God, as serving Him, that it's so beautiful I can get on my knees before Him daily and I can talk with Him. And He can talk with me. And I can hear His voice. And I can know He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Another thing that's so beautiful about living for Jesus is the ability to read and study this book. I've only heard some stories of people in... I don't remember the exact scenario, but I've heard of a story in a prison somewhere where... uh, all that one of the prisoners had was a page out of this book. And they had that thing memorized. Because that's all that they had was one page. But we have the blessed privilege to have this book. I remember the story Pastor Shoemaker telling, telling us some time ago. <clears throat> when his, him and his family were going through some great trial and struggle. He walked into his house and Sister Sister Tasha was going through it. And she was just on the chair with, with this book in her face, just going back and forth, reading the word of God. 
What else do you do when you don't have answers? When you're going through trials. But you get the word out and say, God, it's, it's what you've given me. It's what I've got. The world looks for it in, in, in relationships. The world looks for it in, in substances and chemicals. The world looks for it in, in all of these other uh, things and trips and, and pleasures. But, but there's something, amen, that will really satisfy the longing soul by the name. It's the word of God. When we get his word in our heart uh, and we're going through trials and we're going through struggles, there's something about being able to quote scripture, amen, being able to recognize that, that, that God is able to keep me and that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And we're going through battles and fights and wars with the word of God and we're going to be okay because we've got his word. It's wonderful. Another thing that's beautiful about living for God is being able to go to church. You say, well, my mom and dad makes me. It's a beautiful thing. Take my word for it. It's a beautiful thing to be able to come to church. On Wednesday night. And have some direction, have some grounding for the rest of the week. It's a beautiful thing to come to church on Wednesday night. Getting dressed up. Getting prayed up. Getting your mind ready. Coming to church and saying, God, here I am. I remember as a young boy, Brother Paul, and my brother, remember, lots of times, you, you know, you're like, man, I'd rather do something else than come to church. I'd rather, especially in the summertime, when the sun's out till 9, 9.30, thinking, man, they're still playing ball right now. They're still having fun right now. Here I am in church. A lot of those guys that I played ball with, me and my brother Paul, actually, we played a lot. A lot of those guys that we played ball with, Brother Elijah, they're, they're, some of them are potheads. Some of them are have lost their minds on drugs. A lot of them have messed up the, themselves in, in illicit relationships. And at the time, I didn't realize. I thought, well, you know what? I'm kind of missing out, but... I didn't realize it's a beautiful thing to be here. Because it's keeping me. It's a beautiful thing to be able to come to church and have a relationship with the people of God. Because I tell you what, those in this room and those even that are not here tonight but that are part of this church, y'all are my real family. I'm more close to you than I am some of my other family. And you're going to find that as well, this church's family. We're going to pray. <clears throat> we're going to reach. We're going to help one another. Yes. That's a beautiful God. thing. That's a beautiful thing. There's an old song. I, I have all these songs that I used to sing when I was a kid. <clears throat> I think of all these songs all the time. Songs will pop into my head throughout the week. Uh, my wife probably wonders, where does that song go? Did you make that? She asked me a lot of times, did you make that song up? I said, no. It's an old song. There's a song that says, I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. I love the sight just to see all the happy faces praising God. Yes, praise God. It's a beautiful thing to live for God, to come to church. And when I'm when I'm discouraged or distraught. You know, maybe you come to church and you feel, man, I, I'm, I'm 
just, I'm under it. And suddenly across the room, you hear Sister D lift up her voice talking in tongues. Or, or across the room, Sister Raina lifts up her voice and begins to pray. And you think, oh, thank you, God. Praise thank God. you, God. I'm going straight right now. That's a beautiful thing. Because I don't, I, I, oftentimes I wonder how, how must it be to not live for God, to not have what we have. It's a beautiful thing, and this may shock you. This You may not even agree with this. It's a beautiful thing to be able to give more and more tithe and offering every year. I think that's a beautiful thing. That every year I can give more tithe and more offering than I did the year before. You say, man, you're crazy. No, I, I got my, my, my mind screwed on right, my head screwed on right. Because if I'm able to give more tithe in 2019 than I did 2018, that means I'm more blessed this year than I was last year. And that means God's been good to me. And it's a beautiful thing to walk to the to walk to the altar and start to tie in a basket or plate and say, God, here's more than I did last year because you've been good to me. I'm thankful, Lord. I'm thankful, God. I'm thankful, Lord. I'm thankful, Lord. You say, well, I've got bills. I've got obligations. I've got things that i got to do with my money. But if I'm able to give my tithe, if I'm able to give my offering, then God's going to make a way for my bills to be paid. God's going to make a way, amen, for me to be healthy so I don't have to go to the doctor. God's going to make a way for my car to go a little bit further. God's going to make a way for me. And I think it's beautiful. To be able to give more every year. It's beautiful to see in a church people with their clothes on and modest and holy. And be able to see a distinction. Able to recognize this is what this is what it's gonna be like when I get to heaven. People are going to be clothed. The Bible Praise says that they, after God had, Jesus had delivered legion, they found legion what? Clothed in his right mind. He was clothed. He used to run around naked and, and buried his flesh. But when God worked in his life, he got his clothes on. And when we come to church, we, 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 we're modest. When we, when we leave church and we get up on Monday, we're modest, we're holy. Um, the last thing I want to say is uh, another last thing that's beautiful about living for God Thank you, Lord. is that I didn't have to have all of my clothes and objects in my house with the stench of nicotine permeating my clothes. I, I didn't have to know what it's like to see the, the trash can outside piled high with beer bottles and beer cans. I didn't have to know what it was like to 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 hear uh, a bunch of worldly music that that uh, that uh, got me in that that wrong spirit. I didn't have to know uh, what it was. I, I didn't have to know what it was like to 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 see mom and dad fornicate with other people. But I I, I grew up in a home and I'm thankful to God for it. 
I'm thankful to God and by the grace of God this church is going to grow and multiply and we're going to replicate over and over again and we're going to embody what heaven's like down here on earth. That's what the Lord's prayer is. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. I want to be holy. I want to serve him. I want to love him. I want to serve him more. I want to serve him better. I love him. I love him. I love him. Oh, James chapter 5 and verse number 7 says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. For the husbandman, or the farmer, waits for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. The husbandman, or that farmer, in this last passage of Scripture, was is patiently waiting for the grain that he uh, to grow. He cannot become impatient. The farmer cannot become impatient. I, I talked to Brother Miguel. It's probably saving me a heartache because uh, I planted a peach tree in my backyard. And hopefully it still comes back to life. But he said, you know what? It's going to look like it's dead the first year. You didn't do anything wrong. Just keep watering it. And I, with all, every patience in me, I, man, I, sometimes I think, you know, I, I walk, I go to Costco, and I'm thinking, they got some new fruit trees. I can rip that thing out, plant it all over again, and I'd be back to square one. But the farmer waits. He plants and he waters and, and he does what he, know, what he needs to do. And, he, and he, he just maintains it. He takes care of the crop. And then he waits. He waits patiently. He waits patiently. And just like the farmer cannot control the rain, just like the farmer cannot control the sun, just like the farmer cannot control the seasons, we cannot control and we cannot hasten the events that are in God's own keeping. And there are times in your life, in your walk with God, you wish things would go a little bit differently and you wish things would progress a little bit faster. Amen. But if you'll do what you need to do, what you know to do, what's in the Word of God, and you'll just be patient and wait. Amen. God, in your season, in your time, amen, you're going to make everything beautiful. I'm just going to enjoy living for God because I've found that through the years and through the process of time, living for God, serving Him is beautiful. It's beautiful. When I was growing up, though, Brother Noah, I didn't think that. When I was growing up, it looked like living for the world, living for self was a, was exciting. It looked like that was everything. I saw the bright lights. I saw all the, all the allures and all the temptations. And as a young man, I didn't fully realize that serving God is beautiful until you get a little bit further through life and you allow God to establish your heart. You let your faith and your purpose be firm and unwavering no matter what happens in life. Live for Him. I think sometimes the problem is a lot of people come to church, some even for years, and they never fully fall in love with Him. 
They never get a personal, deep, intimate relationship with him. You have got to have a deep, intimate, personal relationship with God. One that is independent of you, even your spouse. One that's independent of your parent. One that's independent of your sibling. Just you and God. You've got to get to a place, even as young people, even as older people, amen, all walks of life, we've got to get to that place where we just get back. Jesus, just me and you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I want to live for you. I want to serve you, God. It's a beautiful life that's been living for Him. It's a beautiful life. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful, beautiful, glorious life. Hallelujah. You can stand with me tonight. One final. Verse is in Galatians chapter 6 and 9. Galatians chapter 6 and 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You might be in a time in your life when it doesn't seem beautiful. You might be in a time in your life tonight where you know, you know what, it's, it's not beautiful, pastor, preacher. It's not beautiful. But it's due season. He makes all things beautiful in their time. When we come to God, sometimes it's a trash heap. Sometimes it's a bunch of ashes and it's nothing beautiful, nothing to brag about. But with time and with the, with the, with the power of God that can work in a person's life. 